0: Welcome to Connection with Brian and Nicole Ryan. Welcome to
1: Connection, (laughs) Show. We just welcome you to this week's episode of Connection with Brian and Nicole. Uh, we are Brian and Nicole Wright from North Carolina.
0: <laughs> so glad since, we're, since this is Connection with Brian, Brian and Nicole, Nicole.
1: I'm glad it wasn't Tom and Jane. We should totally
0: do that. We should have an episode without Brian and Nicole just to mess with people. That would be awesome. Welcome to Connection with Brian and Nicole. They're not here. Yeah, Leave a
1: message. <laughs> They're not with us today. We well, don't say you. that.
0: That's when people die.
1: I know. That's why I'd say it, to mess with people's heads.
0: No. The episode that we're not going to be here on, we'll be at the beach somewhere.
1: Amen. Toes
0: in the sand. Amen. Let's go.
1: (laughs) Sounds good now. (laughs) I tell you what, we're believing God with you for a great vacation. (laughs) We are sowing faith into your vacation. Let us now reap what we have sown in Jesus' name. Agree with us for a great vacation at the beach of Hawaii. Amen. Glory to God.
0: Yes.
1: Yes. That's good.
0: I receive it.
1: (laughs) This episode suddenly got very anointed. It sure
0: did. (laughs) Woo, (laughs) y'all.
1: Well, we just welcome you to Connection, and um, if you don't know us and you're hearing this, I apologize for those first three minutes. (laughs) Not really. No, not really. Um, We love you. Thank you for joining with us. Uh, We are talking about Holy Marriage, and uh, this is part five of Holy Marriage. (laughs) You were supposed to say it right there. I thought
0: you were going to say of like 10 or something. I was like, that's news to me.
1: (laughs) No, this is, we've had four weeks and four parts of talking about marriage and how the Lord really wants to bless your marriage and bless your relationships and not just be a stuffy relationship, but bring the joy of God into it, to bring hope, to bring joy, and uh, you can have that no matter where you're at. You can walk in a blessed relationship and a blessed marriage, and uh, you know the Lord has really honored us and favored us in that way, and uh, we we truly over time have had. People say, uh, we want what you have. Um, You know, and there have been times if they had seen it, they wouldn't have said that. But uh, as we worked on our marriage and gave it to the Lord, and we knew that God had ordained it, we started to walk Mm -hmm. in some of his good plans. I'm thinking about Jeremiah 29, where God says, I know the plans I have for you, and they are good plans to give you a future and a hope. Well, he has those plans for everybody that will listen to him and receive his love and receive his instruction. He has that blessed plan for your marriage. He has it for your relationships, and he wants to do that. And uh, we've been talking about this whole time, how these things came together, the importance of hearing from God, uh, counseling, getting wise, godly counsel on your relationship, especially before you get married. That is so important. And then knowing that God has ordained that person. We also talked about what love actually is versus what we think it is. Go back, watch part one, two, three, and four at connectionshow.org. Also send us a message, send us a comment or a prayer request. Let us know where you're listening from or a question, anything. Just contact us, connect with us. And uh, then we talked about, you know, in what love is, the importance of it. Today, we want to look at what does a loving relationship really look like? Mm-hmm. Uh, what does it look like when you're giving unconditionally? Uh, what does it not look like? We talked about that last episode. We talked about it doesn't look like giving them every single thing that they ask for. We have to have the leading of God yeah. to be operating in love uh, love a lot of times is not present because there's no none of his leading in those relationships. So yeah. today, uh, what does it look like when we're operating in unconditional love? And you told the story at the end of the last episode mm-hmm. where I had something going on. I didn't even know what it was. We found out quite some time later what it was. I started to unravel and figure it out. But the reason why I came through that and the reason why I got it figured out is because When she could have fussed, she could have nagged. uh, She decidedly stopped being that way and decided to go to the Lord. Started to confess the word and promises over me, her husband. She forgave me and prayed for me. And that was a marked difference. It empowered me to come up out of the hole that I was in that I didn't even realize I was in. And uh, But it was your love giving to me when I wasn't doing it right that really empowered me to come out of it. So that's one of the things, you know, a lot of times when we won't forgive or we'll Mm -hmm. hold something against when they've done wrong, that actually puts the clamps on the power that God wants to release and bring freedom. And because people won't forgive or give unconditionally to each other, they don't have the the supernatural power of God in their marriage and in their relationship, they're hard on each other Mm -hmm. instead of loving on each other. And um, so there's a way to get out of that simply by deciding to put love on and give to each other unconditionally, not just when you deserve it or when I deserve it. Right,
0: right. I think if we're talking about, you know, what love looks like, and I've got, you know, three different ideas that just, you know, came to my head, Um, you know, one of them was like when we first got married, you know, we lived in a house. We were still working on it and everything, getting it where we wanted it to be. And for a while, we didn't have hot water. Well, I had a husband who worked long, hard days. Um, at the time, he was traveling around doing some sales and stuff, and he'd be on the road all day. And, I'm, you know, I thought to myself one day, after being in a hot car, because at the time, his car did not have air conditioning. So he'd have to roll the windows down, and in the summer, in the south, it gets hot. (laughs) And, you know, and I was just thinking, I bet he is just going to be sweaty and sticky and hot, and he doesn't like the hot like me. I like the hot. The Uh, hotter, the better. I'm good. He doesn't like it. You know, and so (laughs) I just got to thinking one day, Lord, what could I do for him? I really wish we had hot water, and I'd just make him a long hot bath. I'd put candles in there so I could turn out the lights and it would just be relaxing. I'd put music and I was telling God of all these things I wanted to do. And he said, well, why don't you do it? Uh, don't have hot water? He's like, you got a this stove. Is
1: a, this is a great point.
0: You know, and so, I mean, at first I was like yeah. thinking of all the reasons I couldn't do it. And God's like, you have a stove. So, all right, Lord. He said, you have stove, you have water, go. And I did. I got every pot I had four burners. I got every pot that was as big as I could find, and I filled it with water. I mean, I started like an hour ahead of time because I knew it was going to take a while. And I filled up every one of those a couple of times to get enough hot water in that bathtub. And I had candles lit, and I had you know, light music playing. And so when he walked in the door, I said, drop everything, get in the bath. Yeah. And that was it was not an easy task. You know, I worked to make a bath, something that, you know, people can run in minutes. I worked over an hour to get it for him because I knew what would I want after a long day? Yeah. So I wanted to make that for him. You know, at the same time, the same love is after I've worked a long day. You know, we have a ministry, we have three kids, and I have a full time job outside of the house, outside of the ministry. But love for me to love on Him is after I've gotten up early in the morning and I've had time with God and I've taken care of the kids and gotten them to school and I've gone and I've worked an eight or whatever hour day and I'm tired. But I think about He's had a long day as well. He's gotten up. He's helped you know with Luke. um, Our youngest stays with him most days. And his phone goes off nonstop with the ministry. He has meetings. He works long, hard days. And I just got to thinking, what can I do to bless him? Some days it's picking up food. Some days it's picking up his lawn, his dry cleaning so he doesn't have to go do it. It's not just the big thing. Sometimes it's just That's the right. little thing. Sometimes it's just calling and saying, what can I do for you so you don't have to do it? Yeah. You know, but then the third example was actually something he did for me. When we first met, I was extremely shy, extremely shy. You know, I'd just as soon cry and hide than to have to speak to anybody. This is why God doesn't tell you what your future is because had I known (laughs) where we would be, I'd have run screaming. (laughs) You know, but His loving on me was not letting me stay there, not letting me stay under the bondage of that fear. And so His loving on me was Him having patience with me, but loving me enough to slowly stretch me and stretch me more, and stretch me more, and love me enough that when I kicked and screamed, because I did some days, when I kicked and screamed, He loved me enough to believe that I could do it. Even when I didn't believe in myself, He loved me enough to do it. You know, and I, I give this example before, you know, the first time I ever preached, we had started the church, we were in our house, and He didn't, He wasn't feeling well, and like couldn't get out of bed. Well, I mean, I'm like, we're just going to have to have a night of prayer or we're going to have to call <laughs> off church because you can't preach. And he's like, no, you're going to preach. Ooh, Jesus. He did
1: like that. I was, I was <laughs> hot.
0: I was mad at him. And I was like, but I submitted. He believed in me. He told me I could do it. And I got up and I held that pulpit and it was just a shaking. <laughs> and it was like the shortest message ever. You know, I mean, I think I preached in like 10, 15 minutes total, and that was prayers and everything. (laughs) But he believed in me. He loved me enough to know that I could be more than I was exhibiting at that time. I could be better and not be fearful. doesn't mean he was trying to change me, that I wasn't good enough, but he saw the bondage that I was in under that fear and sometimes love loves you enough to not leave you there. Yeah. And I think that's important. You know, so many people say, well, that's just the way they are. I love them the way they are. Sometimes love is yeah. picking you up and saying, come on, you can do this.
1: Yeah, When you're giving unconditionally, you're not uh, coming up with ideas based on what that person is doing or what that person has done. You're basing it off of what would I want? Remember, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. So you're you're, basing, you're thinking, what would I want in that situation? That's how we give to each other. That's how we unconditionally give. Now, what would I want in that situation that God is leading me to do? So you combine those two things and you will have uh, love. You'll have godly love, agape love in that. Um, you know, one of the things that you've done, it's still in our bathroom, you know, right now, is she wrote on, you mentioned about believing in you, but she put up something in, in our bathroom, and I see it all the time, and it says, I believe in you, right? And And just knowing that her heart is that she believes in me, that she believes in me. That's a big deal, and it may sound like it's small, but a lot of times that's all we need to accomplish the things that God's given us. We just need somebody to believe in us, Mm -hmm. and um, because a lot of times the world has brought us up where we really don't believe in ourselves. Um, Even when you have a strong personality and characteristic, a lot of times they don't believe in themselves as much as they even think that they do, but then when you give to somebody, a lot of times I find that in God is that God will believe believe and challenge me and draw me up uh, to areas that I didn't even know I was capable of and he expands our thinking. This is unconditional love. Yes. He's, he's drawing you to greatness. He he wants to make you know. He wants to make you uh, men and women of renown. He wants you to be known, right? He wants people to come to the glory of your rising, as it says in Isaiah. He wants to give you his glory and raise you up, and basically say, "Look at my child." Well, we need to be doing that to each other as yes. well. We need to be believing in each other. Um, and so that, that thing has been a blessing to me. Uh, many times, I think, I personally think that Nicole does this very, very well towards me is she thinks about what would, you know, what would Brian want? What What does he want right now? I remember that bath because... I come in and here's this bath. We don't have running hot water at that time. We were you know, able to use my parents uh, uh, at their house, yeah. go to their house. <laughs> I'm
0: glad you said that. We did take showers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just had to go to the next, the next door yeah, neighbors. Yeah,
1: we had to go to the neighbor's house. But anyway, it was um, during that, and while we were getting the house ready, but I walk in, we don't have the running hot water and uh, it was getting fixed and getting repaired, and it was taking a while, and it was my fault, my fault. And here I walk in, and she's got a bath ready. And I'm going, how did she do this? And it felt so nice. And what was she saying? She was saying, no matter you know, how lazy it may look like you are or how bad it looks, I believe in you, and I believe in you enough to love on you and to give to you and that meant something to me that day it meant a lot to me i still remember it to this day i'm glad you brought that story up and uh, one of the one of the days you know a lot of times you know guys will they'll romance and they'll date mm-hmm. during the dating process but once they're born again are born again once they're married uh, they'll, they'll basically, you know, and I've heard men say this, well, I told her I loved her once. I told her when I told her I do, I don't have to tell her again. She knows that's a bunch of hogwash. That's a, that's a bunch of mess. And uh, we should. There's actually scripture that talks about going back to that first love when they were everything you thought about. We need to do that with God, but we need to do that with our spouse as well. We need to date each other, to romance them, to th- purposefully think about them. You know, and sometimes look honestly. If you you know, go back to the shot with both of us in it. If you'll in this, look. There's both been times where we didn't feel like doing that to each other. Amen. (laughs) There's both been times where we didn't feel like romancing each other. She was on my nerves, I was on her nerves, and we didn't feel like doing it. That's when you do it the most. That's when you give unconditionally. That's when you get on your knees and trust the Lord. Uh, but we need to romance. We need to date each other. To to make ourselves think about the other person. Mm-hmm. This is unconditional giving. I'm thinking about her even when I don't feel like it. Yeah. She's thinking about me even when she doesn't feel like it. it why? Because it doesn't go back to what she's done for me or I've done to her, it's unconditional giving no matter what she's done or not done or what I've done or haven't done. It's saying, look, I will think about you. I will purpose myself and be intentional to put you first and to prioritize you. And this is the same thing we're supposed to do to God first and then to then to each other, right. and when we do that, when we seek first the kingdom of God, all these things are added. Well, the same principle applies in our marriage. When I after I've put God at the top, when God is on the throne of my life, the second love of my life is my wife. And when I put her in her right position, like I when I put God in His right position, when I put her in that position uh, high above everything else but God, right. when I put her there, all the things that I actually want out of the relationship will start to come to pass. When she when she puts her husband in the right position, everything will start to come to pass. That's something I don't think a lot of people understand. That when we put God first, and you know we've said this out loud many times, she is not my first love,
0: That's right. and
1: I'm not hers. Praise God. Because when we put God as our first love, it gets everything else in priority. And here's the thing. I can't love her the best until I have God in the best place. That's right. I can't love her the best until I have God on the throne first in my life and vice versa. I want her to love on understanding that principle. I want her to love on God more than she Mm -hmm. loves on me. Because if she'll do that, she'll love me correctly. That's right. And if i love on him first, I'll love her correctly. A lot of times in marriage counseling, we'll talk about it and we'll say, look, if you love that person, the best thing that you can do is get your relationship right with God. Put him in his right place because then all of a sudden you can receive love, but you can't give love. You can't give agape until you've received it. And that comes from your relationship with God first. So you want to, if I want to love on her best, then the first thing I need to do is love on him best, love on God best. Now I will receive his love and now I can give her that love to the best of, of my ability. So one of the things, you know, in romancing and dating and keeping that alive, I'm intentional to think about her and to meditate on her. What was she like in this? You know, what, what does she want to do? Um, you know, one of the things that she likes is she likes when we'll... Neither one of us like to go shopping. Um, and uh, some people may think that's crazy, but we just don't... Like, I, can, I got about a 30-minute limit, and then I'm ready to get out of the store. And um, I, I must have a look or something because she becomes aware of it. <laughs> She's like, you're ready to go? Just go sit down over there. And we just don't like going to go shopping. However, what she does like is... Uh, I I, I like buying. I just don't want to shop. (laughs) So um, I don't mind buying, but I like buying. But anyway, one of the things that she does like is for me to, to choose things that I like for her. So if I see an outfit, she likes it when I see something that I would like on her or uh, jewelry. She likes it when I say, oh, I like that jewelry. So the other day for Valentine's Day, we went to the mall and uh, we went to every jewelry store in that place and searched till we found the one that she wanted to have. And we did it together. Mm -hmm. Now look, did my flesh want to do that? No. Did it get upset in the middle of it and be like, oh my gracious, one more store? Yes, it did. But at the same time, I focused more on my enjoyment to give to her than I did on my flesh, not liking it. Right. right? I'm not giving my flesh a voice. I'm giving love a voice. Amen. I'm giving love that voice. Yes. That's what love does. And, and that was, ro- I enjoyed romancing her by letting her choose and let's go pick something out together. What do you like? You know, what do you like to see? And we talked about it and it was fun. We Mm -hmm. enjoyed it. And when I chose to not listen to the flesh, but listen to the unconditional giving, listen to the love, Mm -hmm. it actually turned from not fun to fun. Yeah. And, and I had a good time and it was, it was fun in that way. Another time, um, it was, uh, we had not been married too long, but, uh, I had I had a video camera with the tapes in them. Uh, they weren't the cards yet. And um, do you remember this?
0: Yeah, I was glad you told the story. Yeah.
1: So I just thought, what would she like? This is what love does. What would she like? What would they like? You know, this is what we need to apply to the Lord. What would the Lord like in this situation? This is Let me love on you and minister to you, Father. What would you like? This is love as well. We need love in this relationship as well. So... Anyway, we took I took these videotapes, and I had I think ten of them, mm-hmm. right? And each one had a clue. And so when she walked in the door, um, we had moved out to the country. There were no restaurants at that time. Uh, we both liked Taco Bell, and and we didn't have anyone around. And anyway, a Mountain Dew, huh? Taco and Bell a Mountain, and Dew. Mountain Dew. Yeah, that's why I was thinking. I was going to ask. You. And so, anyway, Taco Bell and a Mountain Dew. And so, and that may not sound romantic.
0: It was a lot.
1: But we haven't, we hadn't had it in a long time. And she had been talking about it and craving it. And then all of a sudden, I took these 10 tapes. And when she walked in, she had a note and it said, play me. And so she played the first tape. And when that tape gave her a clue to the next tape, which gave her a clue to the next tape, which gave her a clue to the next tape. And what I had was I had laid out basically a picnic blanket. And uh, when she got to the final place, there I was. And we had a nice picnic meal. And it was pretty. And it was beautiful. And it was a good dating moment. And and it was one of her uh, most fond memories. Why? Because I took time to think Mm -hmm. and to plan. Uh, for her. That's what, that's what, one of the things that she enjoys. That's what love does. You think about the other person. You take them into consideration. You think, what would they like? Yeah. So, and we have just a few minutes left, and I want to quickly talk about this as I believe this is our last Holy Marriage series. And uh, <laughs> I had to get that in one more time. So, you'll notice in the Word that the Bible says that uh, man will leave his. Uh, his father and mother, and will cleave to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So from the beginning, Genesis chapter 2, marriage is between a man and a woman. Now in today's society, marriage is being attacked in so many different ways, and the devil knows what he's doing. He's trying to get people off of the picture of marriage. Now why would he do that? Well, here's why. You notice in Ephesians, we read this scripture in Ephesians chapter 5, it showed the picture of a man and a wife, right? And also in Ephesians chapter 5, it showed the picture of Jesus and his bride, the church. You notice in Genesis, it showed the picture of a man and his wife, right? And it showed the picture of God, the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, But in that picture in Genesis, what did you have? Were there two people in that relationship? No, there were always three. You had God the Father, and then you had a man and his wife. Then you look over in Ephesians, and the true relationship is a man and his wife and the Father. You look at the picture of Jesus. You've got the Father, the Son, and his bride. You've got the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. You've got the Father, and Adam, and Eve. It's always meant to be three. This is why the devil attacks marriage and why he's after it today. He's after it because it is a picture of God. And, And I want you to see this when it's just us, just the two of us, right? And God's not in it. We have a missing piece, and there's not going to be the love that's eternal in this relationship. But when we draw God into this, now love is in this relationship. It's solid. It's strong. Not only that, but now I'm empowered to love her properly, and she's empowered to love me properly. And when people look on our relationship, what they see is they see the picture of Christ to the body, to Mm -hmm. the church. They see the picture of God's love towards each other. Our children, when we love on each other, our children see a picture of how God loves us. Marriage is a picture of God's love and the devil attacks it because he doesn't want people to see the love of God in manifestation. He wants them to see broken homes, broken hearts. He wants them to see uh, eros love and, and phileo love, but don't let agape be there. Don't let right. the thing that will bind them and hold them together and be the foundation and be the strength. I don't want them to see, I want them to see hopeless, but God's a God of hope. He always wants to be in that. And that relationship starts with you and the father. And then you can draw it into your relationship. And then all of a sudden, when it's a man and his wife and God, you see the perfect picture of God. You show it to your children. You show it to the world. Once we drew God into our relationship, Mm -hmm. we started having people say, I want what you have. Well, listen, I, we believe in you. Yes. You can be the picture to your kids, to your family. There's people that need to see it. And guess what? We all need God in our relationships, but it starts with your relationship with the father. So father, just pray this with me. Say, father, right now, I make Jesus the Lord of my life. He's the director. He calls the shots. And I believe that he died for me and I believe that God brought him back to life for me. And when he raised up Jesus, he raised me up. So Lord, renew that relationship right now and bring, I just want you to come into my life and come into my marriage and every relationship that I have empower us to be the picture of your love to this world. In Jesus name. Amen, amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us on Connection Show. Holy marriage, let it be blessed in (laughs) Jesus' name. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you for joining Brian and Nicole for this week's broadcast. Connection is all about connecting you more intimately with Jesus, where you can find true joy and really live. Contact us or watch more shows online at connectionshow.org. We love you. Have a great week.